Welcome to the Superpower Success Podcast. At Keystone, we believe exceptional organizations don't just happen. They are built by focused leaders that recognize their authentic leadership superpowers. Join us for a serious dose of inspiration. All right. Welcome to the Superpower Podcast. You're with Rana DeVore, Chief Impact Officer with Keystone Group International. And today we're going to talk about impact, actually, and how to level up your why, your purpose for exponential engagement in our personal lives and leadership, as well as that level of engagement um, in our teams and in our businesses. I can't wait to get into this conversation with today's guest. He is one of the most amazing human beings on earth. (laughs) And not only will he offer you some serious smarts and some business savvy, uh, but he will also give a healthy dose dose of uh, inspiration in leadership and service. So Nick Ovenden is the president of Great Life Golf and Fitness. Thank you so much for saying yes to being on the podcast and sharing your insights and wisdom. Well, thank you for having me. I uh, I don't know about that whole intro there, but <laughs> I really do appreciate that. It's it's always fun to be able to uh, spend time with uh, people who are so passionate about what they do, like you. So yeah. it's it's uh, I'm excited to be able to spend the next 45 minutes to an hour with you. So yeah. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, absolutely. So tell us about Nick. Tell us your story. Tell us a little bit about your role and then kind of your journey to this um, position of president of Great Life Golf and Fitness. And what is Great Life Golf and Fitness? Oh man, that's a loaded question. Um, well, my current role is I I'm provide support for all of our team members. So we yeah. we're currently uh, we we vary. We're very seasonal because we're golf and fitness mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, we we're a lifestyle company, so we always pride ourselves on finding creative ways to get people together to build better, um, better, more impactful, meaningful relationships together. So um, not only do we have golf and fitness under our umbrella, but we have bowling, we have member benefits that we partner with local businesses that uh, do things the right way that um uh, like axe throwing places that that have fun things that uh, people can do to get together and have fun together. So, um, yeah, my my main role is to provide the support for the team. Um, uh, I'm blessed to have a really amazing team uh, that uh, we've seen grow over the last few years. I've been in the pre- I've been the president for almost three years now, uh, which is weird to think about. But uh, I guess my journey came from the fitness world. I was in fitness for about uh, 10 to 12 years before that. Um, started as a trainer. I had uh, a business of my own for a little while. Um, moved into a bigger company uh, in the Twin Cities. And then uh, came back here for this thing called Great Life Golf and Fitness. And then it kind of turned into uh, what it is today. So we've grown it from zero members to just over 40,000 members in the in the Sioux Falls area. So it's been a really fun journey um, and then transitioning from the fitness world three years ago into the the overall um, uh, picture of great life has been quite a transition as well. Um, it's uh, it's it's the same vision. Um, it's it's still finding creative ways to get people together, uh, but I have different modalities and different platforms to be able to do that now. So it's really fun. Exciting. Yeah, that's quite a journey. So you have to tell us a little bit more about that purpose of great life and how that came together and tell us even a little bit about why you said yes to that. 
because that's a pretty monumental purpose as a company because you're come work out with us no right come and be a part of a community with us what does that mean it's a huge deal um i think too many people well finding your own purpose so our our goal is to make sure that everybody finds their own purpose and really can uh, understand why they do what they do um even before i before i decided to take the job i had a conversation with my wife and said look uh, my 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 personal mission statement, my purpose is to positively impact people every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if I put myself in a position that I can't do that, um, then I don't want anything to do with it. Because ultimately, at the end of the day or at the end of the week or the end of the year, if I'm not doing that, I'm not happy. I'm not happy at home. I have two beautiful daughters that I, I can't be a good dad to because if I'm unhappy at work and be unhappy at home and vice versa, if I'm happy at home, unhappy at home, I'm unhappy at work. So you have to find a way, a purpose for the reason why you do what you do every day. Um, and uh, I, I, uh, so, so when I was approached with this great life golf and fitness thing, I looked at my life and I said, okay, do I have a more of a chance or less, less of a chance to impact people? How big can my impact be? And when I was training people, I, I um, have had really good leaders along the way. Um, I started out as a personal trainer, um, really I think I got to like 40 hours a week of actual training. And if you've ever done any one-on-one work with people, that means like 80 hours of work at least. And that is a huge mental toll. Like it is a physical mental toll to be able to work one-on-one and try to meet each people to wherever they're at. Very gratifying, but it's a lot of work. And my impact was only really 40 people if that's one time a week. So I started into large group training, which I got to about two to 300 people that I could impact, which is quite a bit more. So I was pretty excited about that. Um, And then I got pushed to get a little bit out of my comfort zone and oversee a group of 40 trainers. And it was all about the impacts. I'm like, well, I can go from a couple hundred to a thousand-ish members that that were impacted. I'm like, that's awesome. So then when this was presented, I'm like, well, I can go from a thousand or two to 40,000 members. Okay, that's that's somewhere I need to go. So um, it actually made it very apparent that that's, that's, that was the route that I needed to take in order to take myself to the next step and be able to uh, impact people the way I wanted to be able to. So uh, it's a bigger responsibility because every time that you take that, that next step, you're saying yes to something else. It's putting yourself in the face of adversity and people are gonna question things more. Um, is actually was uh, a bigger uh, moving from the director of fitness and overseeing the fitness side of things to the president side of things. Um, my wife and I actually had to have some pretty hard conversations about it because um, people will talk about you because people don't always like you in leadership. So as long as you have your your purpose, you understand why you're doing what you're doing. It's not because of a title. It's because of the impact that you can have on people. Um, and I, I'm a firm believer in impact and, and following your call with that. And if I'm able to impact people more on a positive uh, level with uh, taking that next step, I'm going to do it. And um, that's what ultimately led to uh, where I'm at today. That's outstanding. Yeah. And what a couple cool pieces of wisdom that you share in there. One, your personal why aligns with great life like you found a pretty powerful synergy there for you to be able to lead a fulfilling life um and work life which 
really they're both the same thing, right? They're both the same thing. And, and that hard conversation with your wife about this is where we're going and this is what it means. Like that's, that's an important piece that sometimes I think leaders forget to do is to check in um, and make sure that we've got a good, we've got a good working relationship on what this means for us as we move forward as a family. Um, Because like you said, work contributes to what that family life feels like and family life contributes to what work feels like. Um, So tell us a little bit about how you came to your why statement and tell us what it, what, what it is again. Um, well, it's to positively impact people daily. Um, so I, I'd gone through several levels of like these different leadership classes and and whatnot. And, uh, I don't know how many different ones, but it was probably five or six different classes that I'd taken and where you, and, and we do these exercises all the time. And, uh, so I found my core values. I was doing all that stuff and I'm, uh, circling the ones that meet are most meaningful to me. And I'm writing out these huge, long mm. impacts or these huge, long mission statements. And uh, I, I think I got through my third one, which would have been probably two or three years apart. And I went and show, I, I went and looked at the, the ones that I've done in the past. And I actually started looking at them like, okay, these are fairly close, which makes me happy because I haven't changed who I am. But I can't remember them. Like, what's the point of having this if I can't remember it? So I'm like, you know what? Uh, I don't want to be stumbling through what my personal mission statement is. Like, I just got to find something that makes sense that I can repeat to myself every day and be like, am I positively impacting people today or not? Mm-hmm. Is this opportunity that, that uh, to, to jump on a podcast, is this going to maybe positively impact somebody? Hopefully. Mm-hmm. So it, it allows you to say yes to things that you might not otherwise say yes to or no to some things that you're like, you know what, that doesn't align with, with uh, where I need to be and how it's going to help. Not that it's all about me, but I don't think if it's not going to positively impact people, why am I going to do it? Yeah. What's so, the point? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you said a couple things in there too, um, about how that personal, why helps you get through the tough spots. Like you use that as a basis of making decisions, good, bad, and ugly. Yeah. So these last couple years have been right? They've been a strain and they've been tough on everybody. Mm-hmm. So um, tell us, you know, a little bit about how that why has helped you move through not only just your leadership, but the, but the business for great life. Like how, how has that come into play? How have you used that? Uh, March 13th in, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota was our day. Yeah. Yes. Uh, where we decided it was Friday the 13th and everything shut down. Mm-hmm. And I, I went to my house and sat on my couch and I had a, uh, I'm a goal person. So I'm mm-hmm. going to set goals. I do all that stuff. So I have a goal. I had a goal of reading more books and a set number or whatever. And I was, I was finishing one of, uh, one of these books and it's called Canoe in the Mountains by Todd Bolsinger. If you haven't read it, it's a great book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, but basically there is, he talks about the, the journey of Lewis and Clark and how, when they went through their, their whole purpose was to find the passageway in uh, basically over the Rockies, find the Pacific Ocean and be able to transport stuff uh, over through the waters. So 
they uh, they got to the edge of the Rockies. And if you know geography at all, I'm not terrible. I'm not terribly great with geography, but I know on the other side of the Rockies is not the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> yes. So they had a choice of that matter. Now, mind you, I'm reading this on Friday the 13th as all this stuff's going down. I'm finishing the book. So uh, he basically said these guys had a chance, a choice to make at that point when they noticed that they've, they've hiked the, the Rockies. Do they keep going? Because essentially what they've done is they figured out they haven't found the passageway, but they found out that what they thought was the passageway was wrong. So they could have gone back, mission accomplished, whatever. Yeah, we know. Yeah, it's, it's good, good to go. But they decided to go on. So they changed the modality. The mission stayed the same. They still were out to find that passageway. They were still out to find where the ocean was, but they had to change course. They had to redirect. They had to figure out how to navigate the new new grounds and go. So... I literally, I sat down, I put the book down. I think I called Tom that night. I'm like, okay, we got to figure out a way to do it because our mission doesn't change. We're still here to, to enrich the lives of families and individuals through golf, fitness, and healthy lifestyles. Healthy lifestyles is very broad and people are panicking right now. Mm-hmm. How can we help them in some of the worst times that people are going through right now? Because people are, when, when, you, when you have insecurities or you have the unknown, people are deathly afraid of what's going on. So how can we help them? Um, including our team members. So we said, how can we make sure that our team is taken care of? Um, we, we, uh, we've used the term a lot, but we pivoted quick mm-hmm. and we uh, closed down two of our biggest facilities to keep our other ones open, make sure we doubled our staffing so we can clean. We, did, we kept everybody on, uh, we, we kept everybody's hours the, the same that they were so they didn't lose their paychecks, uh, anybody who wanted to work anyway. Um, and, uh, we made the adjustments as we, as we needed. And that was honestly a springboard for us to be able to say, look, there's different modalities, things will change and we're going to have to adapt with them. Uh, but the mission never changes. So even for me, like my mission never changes, but my platform might change. Life might change. It will change, Mm -hmm. but how do I keep going and positively impacting people every day? So talk about exponential engagement in your personal life and business, and how powerful that that purpose is um, as an anchor of strength for you and your team. Uh, that's crazy that you ended up reading that book in yeah. that way. What a story. Yeah. That's. I said, all right, well, this is uh, <laughs> honestly, because I, I think I was probably along with most people of like, holy cow, what's going to happen? What do we do now? Yeah. Yeah. But in that, in that particular spot, the worst thing a leader can do is panic. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have the answers, but I know that we're not going to panic mm-hmm. and now we're going to get through it. Mm-hmm. We just got to figure out a way to do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we've, we've worked on different ways to navigate through it. And like we talked about, it's made our team so much stronger. Yeah. It's created so much more value from our team because they realize like, Hey, we have your back. We're not just going to cut you when things mm-hmm. get tough. We're going to find a different way to do it. And um, our mission doesn't change. Our mission doesn't uh, doesn't end. It's an ongoing thing. So, yeah. so we talk about like leadership capabilities for 21st century. We talked about what those meant. Uh, you're a, a total personal development guru, right? Like we talk about this stuff before the pandemic, and now that we're where we're at, I think one of those really essential leadership competencies has got to be hope. 
Yeah. Yeah. That we as leaders create a sense of hope, which gives security. And I just have to say everything that you've talked about just really amplifies why purpose is such an anchor because that purpose gives people hope and faith. And this is where we as a united front are going to walk towards together and find finding the right purpose is not hard because usually everyone can have a touch point to it, right? They might interpret it or see it in their own way, but they can touch it and feel it. And they can say, I'll be a part of that and march forward for with you. But there's certainly a sense you gave people hope, right? And faith we're, we're, we're going to figure this out. We're going to make this work. How are you using that that purpose and in your pivot today. So you talk about a couple of years ago. Now today, what does it look like for you today? Well, uh, from a from a company standpoint, I'll start yeah. with a company standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. So from a company standpoint, um, we've really focused on growing our people within. So mm-hmm. um, uh, we talk. We start every meeting with our one a days. Mm. So uh, well, right that night. Uh, I talked through how we can start to impact people. And as I started, actually, it was, it was a couple couple weeks into the pandemic where people were, everybody was wearing masks. Mm-hmm. And you could see that people's demeanor changed. People's, uh, they were less engaged. They were looking down. They literally wouldn't look in the eye. So I said, the one thing that people need right now is to be seen mm-hmm. and to be known like, hey, there's hope. And we can give hope wherever we're at, whether we're in Walmart, whatever stores open at the time, the person walking on the street, even if you're going six feet apart, you can still look them in the eye and you can see if somebody's smiling at you or not through a mask. Mm-hmm. So the the goal and the um, what, what we implemented about a month into the pandemic was called a one a day. And everyone's job, no matter what, if they work a great life, but by the end of the day, every time they, they clock in, Uh, By the time they clock out, they have to meet somebody new. I'm like, if we can start out with one impact every day Mm -hmm. and it gets you uncomfortable, I don't care if you're cleaning toilets. I don't care if you're the president of the company. Mm -hmm. If all of us can reach one person every single day, we have 40,000 members. We have, you know, give or take 500 team members. That's 500 new people essentially that are being um, impacted every single day. and that's how you can make a wave of a movement. That's how you can create a community. And I'm like, all it takes is one thing a day because we set these lofty goals Mm -hmm. of like, I want to impact the world. So quick story. Uh, Sorry, I'm a storyteller or whatever, but um, 2022, I was, I was pushed to say yes to these speaking engagements, whatever that was on my heart to do. So that's one of the reasons why I said yes right away to you. It is out of my comfort zone because I just don't like, whatever. But uh, anyways, I was asked to go uh, speak last weekend at this camp to high school kids, four different classes, and they say you could do whatever you want. So if you know me, my last subject was impact. Yes. Um, So I had 40 minutes to talk to these kids, 30 minutes to talk to these high school kids. There's 50 of them. And uh, we set the room with with a fire and and dim lights and just talked in like a camp style, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, let's talk, talk about impact went over some ways that they can impact. And then I, I'm like, you know what? How many really believe that they can have an impact on the world? Like how many here really believe they can have an impact on the world? There's like two. 
Like that's 4% of high school out of that room. It's a small room, mm -hmm. but two of them thought they could really impact the world. And I just looked at them like, that's just, it, you guys can all impact the world. You don't understand that. Maybe not physically getting out there and talking to every single person, but there's this thing called the pandemic that just happened in an in insignificant town in our minds in China, happened with one person that spread to two, that spread to four, that spread to eight, that spread across the world mm -hmm. in months. That was a bad pandemic, not a good one. But why can't we do the same thing? We, we can set the, this positivity, this, this pandemic of hope by making one impact that day. And that person, by the impact that you made, makes an impact on the next, that makes an impact on the next. And pretty soon you have an army of people that are actually looking at each other and in, in seeing people for who they are. That's how you make an impact on the world. I'm like, I'm not saying that I'm going to go and live everywhere in the, in the world and make a huge impact. But what I'm saying is we've had people that have taken these one a days that have moved, one in particular moved to Colorado because she about called there. And she's making an impact there. Like she is still doing her one a days in Colorado. We have people that have left great life because they've gotten great opportunities, which is great. It's not great for great life, but it really is. When people grow, that's an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. If they leave for growth, I, I applaud them. Like they're always welcome back. Yes. But they're but they're making an impact in their in their new sphere of people, and I'm like, that's how you make a movement. So it it's uh, I think if you want to talk about changing the world, I, I think too many people cut themselves short by not believing that one impact one time will make a huge could make a huge impact on the whole world. So let's start the movement. Let's do it right here. One a day. Every listener, <laughs> you have just been challenged to a one a day. Absolutely. That is the, it, and it's so true. Um, we always talk about you are an energy, right? Yeah. You as an individual are an energy and you want to own that energy and be deliberate in that energy because everywhere you go, you are putting that energy out into the world. You are influencing everyone around you and every impact that you have. And as a leader, because everyone's a leader, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone at Great Life Golf and Fitness, that is not position, rank, or title. That is everybody is a leader. They need to own their energy. And what you've just done is you've created a movement of positive energy across the world. Yeah, but people lose, they do lose perspective and they lose hope because they think, oh, I'm just one person and I can't make an impact. Uh, no, you just proved that wrong. You totally just can. do. Anybody can. I love Anybody it. Anybody can. <laughs> Anybody can. We all can. So you you also touch on something that's important is people people do business leaders do get worried about losing their people, especially today. There's yeah. a workforce shortage everywhere, yeah. and you just landed on something that's pretty beautiful to try to be able to unpack and understand, and that is that. You have these amazing human talents in front of you for the time that you have them. Um, and our philosophy is helping people, you know, helping organizations be able to look at each person and say, don't be worried about them leaving. Be worried about who they are today. Pour into them so they can give the best that they can while they're with you. And if they leave and they go, you've just 
you've just made a better world to, to some extent, but that's hard. Oh yeah. That's super hard. Yeah. But you've kind of cracked that code. How do, does everyone in the leadership team sort of share that same philosophy? I mean, does everyone at Great Life kind of see things that way? I think so. It's yeah. uh we have such a great culture that we're, that we uh, are constantly looking at ways to grow people. We have book clubs together. Uh, we have the Purpose Driven Leader program that we have. I just love it. Jen does a great job with that. Um, but in order to be, if you have a strong enough culture, people are either going to buy themselves in or buy themselves out. Mm -hmm. And and uh, that's really what we're focused on. So the, I think us as leaders, we've been focused enough on culture and how we present ourselves and handle ourselves that mm -hmm. I, I would hope that that's what everybody believes now does it sting when somebody good leaves absolutely <laughs> yes it's very bittersweet and and uh sometimes you're like dang it but man they're 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 in such a good spot like that is such a good position for them but if we've done our job we have 10 people waiting to fill that spot and they're 10 unique people who are great leaders who we who are not making a knee-jerk reaction to fill a spot because we need it right now that we can say, how, how does that person fit with the people that are um, going to be underneath them, uh, that they're going to be leading? Because if, if they have a group of people that are uh, used to being led a certain way by a certain type of leader, then it might be a good thing to refill that with that same type, mm -hmm. or it might make sense to fill them with somebody that's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So um, it's uh, if you have 10 people in the waiting, it's a really good problem to have. Yeah. So, um really good problem. And so you, I, you've, you guys are cracking the code on how to do this well, right? Because every culture is different. There's no right or wrong culture, right? There, there's a culture that is good for your group and your organization and your business, but your purpose-driven leadership program that Jen, your, um, what, what is her title? Uh, she's a director of development. Development, yeah, for yep. your team. She is crushing it, yeah. right? Like she's just a rock star. And that's thanks to you as well as being a good leader for her. But that purpose-driven leader program is a way in which you are deliberately designing your culture, right? Because yep. you can do culture by design or by default. And no one wants the default piece. No, not at all. Because then you've left it to... Oh my gosh, all the forces of the world, which we just uh, have validated aren't always positive. So tell us a little bit about that program and just a little bit about how that works and more so the why behind it, yeah. um, because it is building your existing, but it is lining up those 10 people who will be ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the first, I think the why behind, well, I actually know the story behind the why. So I walked into a facility and, uh, we ask a lot of our team members, mm. a lot, mm -hmm. and and uh, they do they do a great job of. So we pride ourselves on being the cleanest and the friendliest, right? Yep. And if in order to be the cleanest and the friendliest, you have to be cleaning with a smile on your face. And a lot of these people are very well educated. We have people with master's degrees that are cleaning toilets, literally cleaning toilets. Um, they own it. They they do a great job, but that stuff can get really. Um, it can, when you're dealing with people who are not happy sometimes, and then you're cleaning, all that stuff can be really draining. And I walked into one of our facilities uh, a couple of years, probably three or four years ago now, and a guy that was, he's probably working for us for six months or so, was cleaning. 
And I go, hey, so-and-so, what's your, I'll just call him Joe. It's not Joe. But hey, Joe, how you doing? It's like, oh, I'm doing all right. Like, you don't seem very good right now. Like, what's going on? It's like, I just, you know, I just got yelled at by a member that was, had a messed up account. um, And uh, I got a lot to clean. I got all this stuff. And I just looked at him, I go, what? So when you started here, like, what were you most excited about? It's like, I just wanted to talk to people and do all this stuff. Like, awesome. Have you done your one a day yet? Like, no. Like, hey, I'm going to start cleaning for you. Give me your list. You go talk to some people and remember why you're doing this. Like, the, you got to have the good and the bad. And if you, can, if you can connect purpose and understand why somebody's doing what they're doing and help them understand why they're doing what they're doing, then it makes that job of cleaning the toilet much easier because you're able to interact and have a positive influence and impact on somebody because people walk in and especially at the end of the day, they've had a long stressful day um, at work or they fighting in the parking lot with somebody or whatever it might be. They walk in and if you can provide this um, little bit of happiness and joy and, and a genuine smile as they walk in, they might not reciprocate that, but they feel it, they know it, and it makes a big impact on their life, um, just on their day. And if Mm -hmm. you're like that consistently every day, they're gonna wanna keep coming back. Mm -hmm. So it's not about the nice treadmill that is my treadmill that I can only run on that (laughs) treadmill, because when that treadmill inevitably gets old, Mm -hmm. breaks down, there's nothing else that they're connected to. And the worst thing we can do is let them go uh, say I tried this whole, this whole fitness thing, not even great life, this whole fitness thing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work for me because we know that all the benefits of being healthy too. So we want to make sure that we're given any excuse and reason, uh, for people to come. So that's why we have 24 seven facilities all over the, the city. And we have the cleanest, uh, friendliest places so that they can feel welcome when they walk in. They know that they have a support system of somebody who cares. I just heard a story this morning. Um, uh, Jen this morning I was talking to um, in, in one of our goals is always to talk about being that, that place um, that people like to go to at their, their best of times and the worst of times. Mm. Like that's kind of my barometer. Mm. I'm like, if we've heard some really good stories or really bad stories, it means that we're that place that people feel comfortable and supported at that they need to come to when they're in their highs and the highs and the lows of the lows. So we celebrate and we mourn together. And she knows that. So she, uh, this morning stopped me. She goes, Hey, do you know, so-and-so her husband just died. They're members. Her husband just died. And I was like, Oh, that's terrible. How do we take care of her? Like, what are we going to do? And I was like, she came in. She's like, yeah, he died the day before. And they came and she came in and she had like four people, four team members standing around her asking her, they were giving her hugs and doing all that stuff. And I was like, that makes me so like, I'm so sad for her, but I'm so happy that she feels comfortable enough and mm-hmm. supported enough in this environment that she's going to come here and know that she's, mm-hmm. that she's uh, got a group of uh, supporting people. So I was, uh, I was really, ha- I mean, sad, but happy at the same time that that group has built that relationship with that, the couple. Um, and when she's in her low flows, she decided to come into one of our facilities and, and be supported. Okay. So there's so much awesome about that, right? A, you hear a story that validates your business performance is meeting what you expected. 
right? right. You're li- you are literally living out the purpose, right? You are providing people with um, a service, yes, but you're providing them with something that is so powerful and meaningful to their life. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. But I also love the story piece of it. Um, because when it comes to building culture, especially today and contributing impact to people's lives, we need to do more stories. We need to talk more about the good things that are happening. Um, and you have to talk about the bad things too, because that's how you solution through to get to the good, but empowering your team to know that they they need to share and tell those stories. Is that what you're doing? That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why we talk about the impacts that every meeting, not my meetings, not just mine, but that's how every meeting starts is we're going to talk about our mission. We're going to talk about our, like, let's tell me about a story. Tell me about a story because we're nothing without our stories. Yeah. And if we don't have stories to tell, we're not doing our job. (laughs) Like real, I mean, realistically. True. True. I'm like, I should be able to count on everybody. So we, um, we switched and did, a. uh, we have like. 45, 50, 50 leaders, I think once a month that jump on a, a call oh, cool. uh, with our support team. So we have a support team meeting every every week. And then once a month, we have basically the next tier that jumps on. And uh, we always start out with with stories. And I'm like, everybody should be jumping at the bit to to uh, tell the story of, of an impact that they had. Because essentially, you've had 30 impacts at least over the last month since we've met last. So we have a lot of cool stories that should be shared. So you have just given listeners uh, so many good things that we talk with our clients about too. And when you're going in to do that culture by design, you've just shared with us like a couple really simple ways to put that culture into action, right? Yeah. One a day. And we start every meeting with an impact story. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. If you will. You have to share with the listeners the story about one of your very first personal training clients and how you used the five whys, which was probably more like 25 whys, <laughs> to get to that source of go. Do oh, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, the guy that came in that wanted to lose the weight. Yes. Yeah. He wanted to have a six pack for his trip to Mexico. Yes. So I had a guy that came in. Um, he was uh, probably 30-ish. Mm-hmm. And good looking guy, you could, he was a college baseball player and uh, he came in and like most people, uh, why are you here? I want to lose weight. I want to get a six pack. I'm going to Mexico in like six weeks. Do you think you can get me a six pack? And I'm like, well, uh, I, I'll do my best, <laughs> but you're going to have to sit down and actually talk to me. So he was a really kind of arrogant, arrogance the wrong term, but He's, he's very out there and and, uh, confident, very confident. There you go. He's a very confident guy. Really nice guy. Anyway, we sat down and started talking. I'm like, okay, so you want to get a six pack? Why? That's wow. I just think it'd be cool to walk down the beach and have a six pack. And I was like, okay, well, what's that going to do for you? And then I basically just kept asking, well, why? Well, why? Well, why? Well, it eventually came out that he had a kid that was uh, probably three or four at the time just wants to get into baseball that was like his goal since he played high school baseball or college baseball he wanted to be able to teach his kid and be a coach and i said okay now we're getting somewhere so 
so why do you want to be his coach? And he goes, well, because my dad. And then he starts tearing up and he goes, well, my dad really wasn't part of the picture. So I always wanted my dad to be my coach because my best friend's dad was my coach and my dad would never do it. So I always wanted to play catch with my dad. And I never got to do it. Mm. And I'm like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. Mm. So I was like 24, 25 at the time. This guy's like 30. So you have a 25 and a 30 year old guy literally crying, sitting around the table. I'm like, okay, this is kind of awkward, but let me dig a little bit deeper. Like, uh, so you can play baseball. Now he goes, I can't, I messed my shoulder up. I can't throw. Now we're getting somewhere. I said, so is your, is your real why to have a six pack and walk down the beach for a couple of days? Or is it real why to be able to throw baseball with your kid? And he just lost it. And he's like, I just want to be able to play baseball with my kid. I want to be able to coach him part of his life. And I'm like, now, now we're getting there. So fast forward, he, he uh, becomes a client of mine. And my philosophy was always, I'm going to start you um, with as many times a week as you're comfortable with. And then I'm going to back you off so that eventually I'm not going to be there. So you don't have to rely on me all the time. I want to be here as your coach, but I'm not going to coach you every day. Um, so I started coaching him once, uh, once a month, but he started falling off the wagon. But the fact that I understand, I was able to figure out that he really, really wanted to play catch and, and be a coach for his son. It was always the easiest nugget to, to go back and say, Hey, have you gotten to play catch with your, with your son or how's that coming along? And he would like instantly reply and say, I need to get back. I need to get back. Thank you. I need to get back. But figuring out and being okay with going a little bit deeper was made it that much easier to be able to connect him with really what his purpose was. If I would have stopped and let him go, yeah, you just want a six pack in six weeks. Well, first of all, you know how to have in a six pack. If you're not like that close, it's not going to happen. Six weeks is so I'm going to, if I say, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to sorely disappoint him at the end of six weeks. And, and then at the end of six weeks, what's he going to do? Yeah. So I'm like, if you really want to change your life and impact your kid mm-hmm. and be a great dad to your kid, mm-hmm. uh, let's get your shoulder right. So we can have you throwing. So let's connect you with the right, with the right people. And, um, I, I worked with them some, but I had a physical therapist that I was friends with. I'm like, Hey, let's get you into physical therapy again. Right. Let's get you connected with the stuff that you want. Does that take money out of my pocket? Yeah. But that's not what it's all about. It's about getting that guy so that he could play with his yeah. kid. Yeah. Um, and I need to check up on him and see if he's, there you if go. he's coaching that. There you go. Check. Thanks in. for reminding me of that story. Absolutely. <laughs> so we have to excavate a little bit. Yeah. We got to get deep and we got to help people find teams, businesses, you have to find that intrinsic why, that intrinsic motivator. And that is the true source of energy to lead a fulfilling life and to do do the things and be the things that we want to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty beautiful. And it's hard. It's hard, vulnerable work to excavate and get under the iceberg and see the stuff that's sitting underneath there. But when we do um, you truly get exponential outcomes that are sticky. They stick, right? Yeah. Yeah. They totally stick. Well, it, our, our natural tendency mm-hmm. is when we get uncomfortable with that yellow light, mm-hmm. you see the yellow light and, mm-hmm. and you know what the, you know what the next thing is going to bring. You feel it. You, you push the gas and you go through the yellow light. <laughs> you don't stop and wait and dig. And I'm like, you get out of there as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. 
Not that I would ever do that when I'm driving, but <laughs> right, right. Uh, but but that's what we want to do. Is we get so nervous about it, and and I get it. Like I get nervous about. It. I get really uncomfortable. I'm like if if I'm not if I don't go deeper, it goes back to my personal mission statement. Mm-hmm. I'm not positively impacting this guy. I'm just letting him go surface level, let him get away with what he thought, and then he's going to walk out the door without anything that I, I didn't impact him at all, mm-hmm. not even once. No. So no. It's uh. And then when you dig in there too, you've got this relate, right? You've created this relationship of trust and open and safe, like psychological safety. And then when we start veering off of the anchor point, we've got, we've got the comfort, comfortableness to be able to go, wait a second, you're going off in left field. Like I'm going to rein you back in, or that's not characteristic of you. Or even like you did with your, um, personal trainer who was cleaning the toilets to be able to go something's off here like you're not quite right and you dig a little bit to find out what's going on there yeah and let me just say how awesome it is that the president of the organization would clean the toilets for a while like that's authentic real leadership we're not above anything we're not above anything not above anything and then when you give to your employee like that they come back tenfold yeah right they come back tenfold and it's a, it's a boomerang effect. You get what you give. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. So we've talked about a whole bunch of really good things. I'm guessing listeners are just spinning uh, and probably hopefully had a notebook out and are taking all kinds of notes <laughs> of, of all of this uh, pearls of wisdom. Um, but given all that we've talked about today, Nick, what would be... Um, the key or core message that you would want to give to all of those amazing business leaders that are uh, tuning in? What would be the main message, a main message today? I would say, make sure that you're authentic with who you are Mm -hmm. and then never stop learning. So I think um, one of the biggest keys that I've gotten from some of my mentors Mm -hmm. um, who I keep going to, which that would be one key. Mm. Find somebody that you look up to and understand why you look up to them and emulate the things that, that they do um, for what they for why you look up to them. Um, and then in the second one is never stop learning so that you never put the cap on the people that are that are following you. Um, it's so easy to get bogged down with day to day stuff that we that we forget how important it is to keep growing ourselves because we, if we, if we uh, are only at this point and you can't really see, but uh, if you're at this point um, at a certain point and you're, you're leading these people and they get to that same point as you, you've capped them because you can't help them grow any further. And you're doing that to them. That's beautiful. So make sure that uh, you push yourself to continue to learn and grow because you don't want to ever be the cap of somebody that that's following you. Well said, well said. So we like to round out the podcast with a couple fun questions. All right, bring it on. (laughs) All right. Okay. So um, one is if you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would it be and why? Any historical figure? Why? Um, this is a hard one uh i would go this is probably really cliche but i would go with jesus because i have so many questions that i would ask yeah wow i have so many questions that i would ask uh so 
hundred percent. That's awesome. Right. So many questions. And then the scary part would be, what are the answers to those questions? Like, Holy Do I cow, want to know you, this yes. or not? <laughs> did I, did I, be right. careful of what you ask. Right. Good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think that the world will look like in five years? I actually think it will be more. Um, I think it'll be more united than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going the opposite of the the actual trend because I think people are seeing how polarizing things have been, and I'm hopeful that. Um, that people will see the start seeing the good and in uh, understanding the differences of opinions. Okay, um, it is it is a hundred percent okay to to think differently, but if, as long as you have common ground and you respect each other, that that's that is an okay thing to have. And mm-hmm. and spending time with youth um, a lot lately mm-hmm. gives me so much more hope for five years, ten years, because we learn a lot from our our youth. Um, that's, that's how they got us into doing, that's how they got you a lot of people out of smoking seat belts, all that stuff is they started teaching the kids that in school and the kids go get on their parents, which my kids still do like texting driver or anything like yes. that. My daughter's like, Hey, your speed limit's 40. You're going 41. Hey, this. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Fine. Just get off my back. Right. So right. I, I'm like, I think the youth are so equipped in their, um, they're in such a, a good spot for the most part, at least people that I'm around. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be a beautiful place in five years. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So this one is uh, special for you. Okay. So to lead well, you need to be well. Uh, what is one thing you do consistently to be your own CEO, which means your own chief energy officer? One thing. Uh, you can feel free to give us more. Okay, so I I I'm a routine. That could be my that could be my one thing, right? Yeah, totally. Routine in my morning routine is uh, I read I read the Bible every morning, and I work out for an hour in the morning, and then um, after that, then I get into my daily stuff. And at night, um, when I pick my daughters up, I'm usually the one who picks my daughters up. Uh, but we talk about one positive thing that they, one, one act of kindness that they had that day. And what was the most fun thing that they did that day? So they have a little bit of time to unwind and like talk about other stuff. But those are the two questions that they know they have to ask or answer every day. And to me, that actually helps me mentally. If like, Hey, ultimately at the end of the day, the stuff that's happened at work pales in comparison to like my job as a dad. So I need to lead these girls well and then get them, their minds right. So that's why we, that's, yeah, that's kind of my uh, thing for the, that's my routine. And then I finish every, every night with a, a regular book of leadership to read. So. Nice. nice. Um, I really appreciate your comment about developing their minds. So creating for them to stay above the line to have gratitude and, and appreciate and celebrate um, and to be that force of good. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Nick, we cannot thank you enough for sharing your stories, your, your wisdom, your insights, and um, the incredible way that you lead and do business. I know as a community member here in Sioux Falls that Great Life Golf and Fitness is an absolute positive impact. 
and we can absolutely see why. So thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. All right, listeners. Hope, uh, hope you got a whole page full because wow, that was awesome. And tune in next time. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure and hit that subscribe button so you get the latest episodes as soon as we release them. And remember to keep maximizing your unique leadership superpowers. It truly is the key to building success, both in your career and in life.